Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we have an LPGA and NWSL update, a career for a new tennis star, and an interview with Carly Colpitt. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Beauties community, I hope you are as jacked up as Cowie and I are sitting here. You know what? Maybe we're even as jacked up as Bethany Belser calling out the NWSL. Or maybe even Ashley Barty playing golf. The news, the news, the, the news. news. It's wild. That Belser tweet, I I think, you know what, kudos to her for calling it out. So this this young woman is a professional soccer player. And the Challenge Cup, which we talked about last week, that'll be wrapping up here shortly um, in the next week, 10 days, really. Uh, she called out uh, at the NWSL and CBS for asking for women's sports to be on prime time. The finals of the Challenge Cup is scheduled for nine bells a.m. Yeah. 9 a.m. There's never been a better time than to play at 9 a.m. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so you got to set your alarm so that you can eat three hours ahead of your game time, which means that you are eating your pregame meal at 6 a.m. as a professional women's soccer player. So kudos to her for calling it out. I think we need to do more. More of that. Spades are spades. You betcha. So beauty's community. We <laughs> we're right into it. And it's and it is something that we have to talk about more. Well, OL Rain, like she said it as soon as they clinched their semi spot heading mm-hmm. into the challenge cup. Um, currently sitting at 14 points, which makes sure that they move on to the next round. But it's like holy moly. Okay. Could you imagine you're sitting there and it's like, okay, what time do we play? And it's like 9 a.m. And also, like, when was the last time even you as an adult played at 9 a.m.? Oh, like, yeah. when you when we had to, your parents put your skate guards on and you put your lace, you laced up at home. Oh, a like, thousand percent. It just Tim- doesn't happen. And yeah. as a professional women's sport, 9 a.m. is it's it really is a bit of a slap in the face. And 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 it it takes away from the audience experience the fan experience of it all because it you know it's like the olympics when we talked about the olympics Mm -hmm. all the time and we had to make all these adjustments Mm -hmm. and all this whatever obviously we get it it's on the other side of the world this is not yeah no exactly this is not there's no need so ol rain that was awesome like good and i think it's important for women to be more vocal about things like this because any sports fan would look at that comment and go what? Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about exactly. here? So it's great that OL Rain clinched that spot in the West Division, and then North Carolina Courage still with ten or twelve points. Washington Spirit ten, and we saw the Gotham Washington Spirit matchup again. The, yep. That's turning into a. A rivalry for the ages. I love it. I do too. I absolutely love it. And Kansas City current still holding the central division with 10 points. So we'll see. We'll see how the NWSL and CBS respond to that because it was clear. What, what's your bet? What do you think they do? You know, they can't make any changes and adjustments now. It's far too close right but it does open up the conversation for the season yeah right for the for the end of the end of like the nwsl season yep then it's like okay so we called you out this time now 
Yeah, stage is set. Stages, yeah, stage is set. Conversation needs to be there. What are you doing for the NWSL championship game? Agree. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page as you. I think they do nothing um, other than accept it as very much truth and hopefully do something going forward. Mm-hmm. There's, and it almost feels like Sedona, Sedoni Prince, Sedona yeah. Prince. Yeah. Um, that same kind of vibe of like. Call it out. Call it out. This is what's going on. This is the reality mm-hmm. of it. And let's get after it. Yeah, hold, hold people accountable. So kudos to her. Yeah, that was I, awesome. I don't mind seeing tweets like that. And it's also fun when you're ranked number one in the world for tennis mm-hmm. and you're just that damn good that you're like, ah. I'll skedaddle over to golf. Yeah, I'm just going to try a new sport Let's and see, see how I do. Let's see how it goes. Wins tournament. Wins tournament. What? Like just, she's just clearly a natural athlete. Yeah. So we are referring to Ash Barty. So mm-hmm. we talked about her a few episodes ago. Ash Barty declared her retirement from tennis after accomplishing all the things she wanted to accomplish in her tennis career. Then we saw news that, yeah, she is... Um, She's a four handicap, which that's not bad. That's all right. <laughs> and she's trying her her uh, hand at golf. Don't know how extensively yeah. she's going to get into that, but uh, it just it speaks to the fact that she is just very clearly an elite, elite, elite athlete. Yeah. And made made the decision at the right time within tennis to give herself an opportunity to, in her age, be able to pursue sports mm-hmm. at a very high level because yep. there's a lot of people that requ- uh, retire late 30s. Yeah. There's no chance. Yeah, exactly. Right? She's yep. 25. Yeah. She's in her prime. She yep. could easily, if if that's what she's trying to do, is to crack her way into the LPGA. Mm-hmm. And she's already making waves in that regard. Like, pfft. Yeah, I know. What a what a de- what a decision. Maybe it really wasn't though. I think if you're just like naturally that good, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And you're used to being that high level athlete, and you've got a level of passion for a sport too. Mm-hmm. Like she obviously has played golf for a long time. If yeah. she's that good at it, so maybe it was just kind of it found her. Like, hey, now I have time. Yeah, I'm gonna play some golf. Let's and let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes, because like if you think about it, at any point, she could just open up a tennis academy. Oh, and you know what I mean? Like it's like at any she could pursue opportunities are endless (laughs) for when you retire as world rank number one at 25. It's like, Mm -hmm. why not spend a couple of years trying to figure a couple of things out and try a couple different things so it's it's like uh, but she'll do it so much better than like the likes of some of the professional men's (laughs) athletes we saw leave basketball and try their hand at baseball and things like that and it was just a flop but um I would watch Ash Barty play some golf. There's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. So the LA Open happened uh, this past weekend in Los Angeles, obviously, for the women. And it it wasn't... Shockers. There was some shockers. Yeah, in like not the the right way (laughs) necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like... Uh, you know, we talk, we put, we put Brooke Henderson on a high pedestal on this sports desk and, yeah. you know, she was sick. 
get it getting she didn't make the cut she ended up with a six over um that's that's shocking that's shocking you know her and her sister they they followed her around for the her second round um on tv and her and her sister have such an interesting dynamic i'm like i could never talk to my sister like in the intense way that they they talk to each other it's like they know they give each other a look and then she's off looking at different angles and she's like what do you think you know like they Mm -hmm. just have such a very cool relationship but yeah her ending up with six over and being not making the cut heading into you know, Saturday and Sunday was a big shocker along with, uh, Danielle Kang, um, also did, was made the cut, but not by much, Yeah, not by much. So with her, we, we followed them so intently in the beginning of the season and then just now seeing where they're at, it just is like, first and foremost, injuries in golf. Yeah are a big deal. They are a big deal. Nelly Korda, Danielle Kang, Mm -hmm. and uh, Brooke Hendo. Like, big deal. Big, huge deal. Mm -hmm. But this is is the second tournament in a row where Hannah Green has been in the top three. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So she's she's on a tear. Um, You know, NASA Hataoka, I'm trying. (laughs) I'm I'm Hataoka. Yeah, I, I think, tr- yeah, I think you actually. You I, I practice Hadoka. I practice and I practice and I just sometimes. And not everyone's name's Addie Miles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I know, easiest name of all time. But uh, Jin Young Ko um, was in the lead for the second round, shot a 64. Yeah. Then ends up shooting a, a 72 and then finishes off with a 75 for four over for her Ooh, final round. So she struggled. She struggled, which completely opened the floodgates. Like Sand- Sandstrom came out of nowhere, too. She uh, shot a 66 in her last round and just shot right up. So she ended up tied for third. Um, but this was this was interesting as... Like Jin Young Ko to me, mm-hmm. we always say you yeah, can you never can't sleep on her. you yeah. can't sleep on her. And she was first; she was eleven under, mm-hmm. and she was round third round. She was crushing it. Yeah. And then it's like something, something goes, something yeah. happens, and it was it was evident that something happened. You yeah. know what I mean? And unfortunately, golf is one of those very unique sports in that. Man, when that snowball starts to form, oh yeah, it is hard to stop it, and mm-hmm. and, and in both ways, in a positive and a negative way, right? And if that snowball starts in in your favor, um, confidence is up. You're you're feeling loosey goosey. You're just, you know, swinging your most true swing, hitting the ball well, reading greens well, all of those things. That starts to slide. And that snowball goes the opposite direction, and it's hard to slow it down. And yeah, and I think that's probably in some cases what we've seen, even in the last two tournaments, really. Right, right. And even in this one with Sayoung Kim, she was kind of in there with Jin Young Ko at the at the top of the leaderboard, and then the same kind of thing happened. She shoots a seventy, and then she shoots a sixty-eight, and she just went as soon as you open up that much room for incredible players like Sangstrom ended up tied for third here too. It's like it, 
there's such a little room for error. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as those errors start to happen, you're right. That snowball, snowball. effect just hits yep. hard. Entirely. Yeah. Can't wait for Ash Barty to get in there. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> me too. I hope so. You know what? Me too. And I think what a statement for her. Mm-hmm. What a statement for her mm-hmm. to be able to be like, hey. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Same, same, but different. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So even when we're looking at big names like Sabalenka, you saw that. I saw that. That headline, she got knocked out in the finals. In very convincing fashion also. Yes. Very convincing fashion. Yeah. Two in in Germany. Um, and you know what, Sabalenka, it's kind of been the same story with her for what I would, what has been majority of the season is she gets close to the end and then is taken in two. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And and so um, Swiatek ends up taking it six two six two final over Sabalenka and it was a convincing win mm-hmm. and her fourth fourth title. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And, yeah, Sabalenka, again, we're talking about very individual sports, right? And it's kind of mm-hmm. that same story with tennis where, and unfortunately, um, you, you think about this, doesn't matter what sport you're in, but if you've got that nemesis and whether that nemesis is in another player or in the pressure of a final scenario and... I mean, that's there's never been more emphasis on the mental aspect of of sports right now either. Yeah, and so you really wonder. You hope she's not in her own head about it, but you're yeah. right; she really does struggle to perform when when it comes down to those really clutch moments. Yeah, and it's it's funny because we're obviously ta- we were previously talking about Ash Barty, who's world number rank one, mm-hmm. and now you know Swetek is now world number one okay and sabalenka's too right mm-hmm. but sabalenka has been around the block mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. so i just found that i just found that dynamic um and just to fact check myself here for a second it's fourth straight title oh, that's a that's that's a, a that's something i really needed to fact check fourth straight nice little swaggy new Whip too? Yeah, is it a Porsche? Yeah, I'm getting a Porsche. Porsche Champy. Yeah, that yeah. never hurts. Well, that would be nice. That would be yeah, less good in a Canadian winter, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wouldn't get around too much there. But she extended her win streak to 23 consecutive matches. Wow! And it's just on a Fire. tear. Yeah. But and then I always like, I always just look at Sebalenka as a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Somebody that can get into pressure situations and and make an impact. And she's so powerful and dynamic on the court. And I just have this continuous feeling of her constantly getting to the end and never getting over the finish line. Were you the type of person that, like, I don't often remember my dreams. And there was a few, like, reoccurring dreams I would have. And one of them was... That in my dream, I'm in the dressing room at hockey and I just can't get my stuff on. Like I can hear the game happening and I can't get my equipment on. And you 
geez, I don't know where that stems from in my soul. Right. But it makes me think of that for her is like, how do you get it out of your head? What do you do to change your dream? Yeah. Because you're, you're in this funk of getting there. She's clearly, if she's ranked number two in the world, she's clearly got all the skills to do it. Oh yeah. But not being able to put it together when it matters. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's a crazy dream. All the time. I I don't remember like any dreams. It was that my other reoccurring dream was that in university I forgot to drop a math class and that, that was the reason I couldn't graduate. Stop it. I know. Weird. Those are my two. That's funny. So if anyone's a dream expert, please tell Cowie what those mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have them in my Maybe. adult life. So <laughs> what did they mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the exact, I dream every night and it's always very explicit to things that are going on in my life. I don't very anything. Of my I dreams. think I text you a dream a week. Yeah. You yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I do. I actually <laughs> dreamed that. <laughs> I'm like, good. I'm glad someone here knows yeah. what they're dreaming about. Yeah. So it, um. I'm, I think when it comes to the WTA, I'm, cause this was a WTA 500 event. Mm-hmm. I am. You're itching I'm, for. I'm itching for Garros. Mm-hmm. I'm itching for Garros. I think that that is going to be a start. We have a new world number one. It'll mm-hmm. be the first Grand Slam without Ashley Barty. It'll, I think it's going to, and I think we talked about this before, a whole new kind of shuffling. Yeah. Of women's tennis. Yeah. I think there's going to be people that shine. Clearly, uh, Swiatek is on a tear right now, and she's going to be rolling up in style. But, <laughs> you know, I just think that there's going to be a huge change in the landscape of women's tennis yeah. coming up here for sure. Yeah. That's my prediction. I think fair prediction. Did you see, um, well, I saw a couple things. I was watching CBC News and saw Bianca Andreescu was uh, back on the court and feeling good. Good. Had some time away and really focused and refocused mm-hmm. herself. So that was super nice to see. And then Serena Williams putting in a bid for, what was that? Barcelona. Oh, that's what it was when I was like, there was something huge that happened. You okay. nailed it. Yeah. It's it's my girl, Serena. I, know. I love her. I know. She already owns an NWSL team. Yeah. May as well get in there, yeah. Barcelona. And didn't they just come off a huge, like, there was, it was Real Madrid and Barcelona, I think, with 91,000 people. Oh, yeah, again. over 91,000. Like, holy, that would be such a cool atmosphere. I know it still gives me anxiety that the bleachers are going to break. Yeah, <laughs> legit. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I agree. And that, so that breaks the previous, that's the highest attendance in a women's soccer game ever. Yeah, huge. And oh. that's not a small number. Oh, that's no. not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're... Now, even when you get to games where it's like twenty five thousand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it makes it look like peanuts. Like it's, cr- mm-hmm. you know, it's well, it's so in, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. When you put that in context of, I mean, for us, um, most of our, if we're going to like an NHL game, you're talking, well, six, seven, depending on the arena, times the amount of people. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Mm-hmm. So there's no, 
it would be an incredible investment for her to get in there. Like, why would you not want to be a part of that? And so I just want, I want Serena Williams to just dip her toes into every single. And all the things. Just get in there. All the things. Yeah. Invest in all the things. Because yeah. I think we need that. We do. We, we need that. We need that passion uh, involved with sports at all different levels and her just overall competitive nature. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants in it because she knows it's big. She knows it's good. She's not She's not doing it for charity. She's no, doing no, no. it because it's a big deal. Yeah, and I, I think it's who better to invest in the women's games, sports in general, than a woman because um, there have been lots of questions in our history of women's sports of it, what is the value and are there fans and is this a viable business and all of that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, man, you can't argue with 91,000 fans <laughs> in the stands. You can't. You can't argue with it. You can't do it. So then there's um, Naomi Osaka also mm-hmm. owns the courage mm-hmm. to write. And so th- it's cool to start to see this kind of trickle effect back in Shift, when you kind of yeah. get into it. Yeah. And then also, too, with tennis, like I'm a huge Emma Raducanu fan as well. Mm-hmm. And... That was like, we talked after that big thing with Leila Fernandez and Emma Raducanu yep. after the U.S. Open there mm-hmm. about how that was going to affect, affect their lives, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They are literally in the U.K. comparing the paparazzi and everything towards Emma Raducanu, like Princess Diana. Oh, really? It's like... Wow. <laughs> like she's so big. And so then it brings that question of like, she hasn't, she hasn't necessarily done that again. Yeah. How much has that affected the whole piece of where she was at in her development and all this kind of stuff. Right. And so it's, it's cool because to kind of bring that all together is I think is when you have veteran female athletes investing back into these sports they're really led from a genuine place where mm-hmm. you're things like that you don't get too far off course yep. like you know it's like okay i've been here before like could you imagine serena williams sitting down with emirata canu being like girl i, I get you. it i got you <laughs> i get it yeah you know yeah and we have tennis is a hard one um like we talked i mentioned bianca andrescu you wonder, like, she mm. had a lot of success and then a lot of turmoil. Yeah. And there's a ton of pressure. Yeah. And it is you and you alone. We've seen um, Naomi Osaka stand up and say, like, there's a lot of that. And, yeah, if she's having paparazzi like Diana, Princess Diana. Yeah, that's... That is, and at an, an age that is, you are you are just an adult. Yeah. Like just yeah, so it's a ton of pressure, tons and tons of pressure, ton of pressure there. So I hope that because because we really have not seen the same thing out of Emma Raducanu since that U.S. Open. No, we haven't, right? So um, it's uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how. You know, I'm always, I want rolling arrows. I love Grand Slams. <laughs> I love them so much, but. I feel you. Mm-hmm. And even, we always talk so much on a big, you know, all the professional leagues that are happening, but I think it's kind of a cool for us to even think a little bit local here. Like we've had mm-hmm. a really cool opportunity to 
you know, we've been diving a lot into youth sports and, yeah. you know, that's been a huge thing for us. And, and now even getting a little bit more local. Yeah, we so we have um, the way that you have a podcast is it needs to be hosted somewhere. And that host site gives us what uh, analytics, the data, the numbers of the podcast. So we can see if any of you actually give a hoot to listen to us <laughs> every week. And one thing that um, we found out recently is that Basically, this podcast is still very much homegrown. Mm-hmm. About 30% of our listeners are from right here in Winnipeg. So I wear a peg hat, the peg hat, which is a local company here, almost every podcast. And I've got a couple of them and I love them and I love to support local. Um, there's been some really cool sports things happening. We had, so we've had Mia Bandman on the show. Yep. She committed to the UBC Thunderbirds next year. She's a basketball player from here in Winnipeg. Uh, she played in the graduating all-star games. There was a series of games that happened hosted by uh, Basketball Manitoba. It was at Westgate uh, this weekend. And Mia won 4A Athlete of the Year mm-hmm. this year. So congratulations to Mia. Mm-hmm. The other half of my house won 3A Coach of the Year, which is cool. Yeah, very um, cool. So that was that was an exciting mo- moment for us in this house. But there was – I love it as a small-town kid. So I got the experience of graduating All-Star but in volleyball when I was in grade 12. And I think it's a really unique opportunity for us here to bring in everyone from single A through 4A, small town, big city, small school, big school, and give them an opportunity to collaborate, learn from each other, play with each other, enjoy each other's company as, you know, our most elite basketball players in this province. So kudos to Basketball Manitoba. Very well done. Very well done. And I think it really just shone a light on the fact that we also need to continue to talk about sports here locally. So we got to do that a little bit today with uh, a... She's a blast. Just a beaut. <laughs> Just an absolute beauty. Yeah. You guys might know her from Instagram as Kechetta. She's a DJ here in the city. She's a former Bison soccer player. She's just a fantastic human being. You've probably heard her sing in places. Uh, if you go to any music festivals, Carly Cole Pitts is her name. So we got to hang out with Carly for, I don't know. 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes today. We had a lot of banter before we hit the record button. Yeah. Um, but that was a really fun interview. Yeah, and she's just a salt of the earth, unreal human being, and really just loves Winnipeg mm-hmm. and loves grassroots Winnipeg and yeah. wants to see the best for, honestly, everybody that she comes in contact with. Like, you mm-hmm. can see, hear it in her stories of, like, coaching, and she has these friends all across the world, and she loves keeping in contact with them and, you know, wanting to... You know, she talks about being a new mom and how, you know, all these cool things. And yeah, she was just phenomenal to talk to. And yeah, it was was great to kind of bring it back home and and have a great conversation about it. I would challenge all of you Winnipeggers to be more of a Winnipegger Mm -hmm. than Carly Colpitz. That's right. So yeah, hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the time that we got to spend with Carly. Kechetta, we love you, buddy. Welcome, Carly, to the Beauty Sports Desk. We are so excited to have you here today. Um, We are all from Winnipeg, Manitoba. So the real question we want to 
find out from you is where are you moving away from this crazy weather that we're having? You got one choice. You got got one choice to pick a new place where you're headed. Okay, and I, this is coming from, like, Winnipeg's number one advocate, number one promoter. I'm obsessed with our city, but this is bullshit. This is crazy. It's been seven months of, honestly, agony, and Mm -hmm. I was dreaming about it. My husband just became a software developer. I'm a teacher, so both of our jobs are very worldly. We could go wherever. (laughs) Maybe you're, like, the schooly type. I like, I kind of loved, I loved visiting. I had a great weekend in Singapore, so that would be a really fun place to go. Who goes but, to Singapore for a weekend? Yeah, but like, because I've been there, I think, I think I would choose more like, I don't know, maybe something random. I've never thought about this, but maybe like Chile, cause you can go to the, you can go snowboarding in the same day as you go surfing. Hey. There it well is. Done. That's a great answer. <laughs> answer. And great follow-up question on the who goes to Singapore for a weekend? Yeah, she said I had a fun, a, weekend a fun weekend in Singapore. A fun 48 hours a in Singapore. I was teaching. It was my last teaching practicum in Guangzhou in China, and I was on my way home, and I have a good girlfriend that was living there at the time with her partner, so I stopped in Singapore for the for weekend. The weekend. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was cool. awesome. Tell us for... Everyone who doesn't know, the biggest Winnipeg advocate, uh, we've, you've got your hands in all sorts of things around this city specifically. Fill us in. Who are you? What do you do? Where do you spend your time? Uh, all right. I'm a late 30s uh, new mother. Uh, I'm still an athlete. I, well, I mean, let's put those quotations <laughs> up. Yep. But I, I still attempt playing sports. I win a lot of co-ed championships with my team. Um, in, in soccer, uh, yeah, I'm a teacher. I DJ on the weekends. I am. I sing in a couple of cover bands, and my brother, who's the Reverend Rambler, we play festivals and such. Got a lot going on, but uh, yeah, that's kind of. And I'm. I'm very. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Winnipeg, so I'm always advocating for new, like, people to come here and visit and. I'm always that sort of popping up at the new restaurants and making sure to support everything local. And I see you got your Dubiansky pig hat on. Yeah. So I love that. Shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I am. I'm a huge Winnipeg fan. I've lived in a couple other countries, one of them to play soccer in uh, down at North Dakota State on a scholarship. So I feel like I've like taken in other places and that's when you appreciate your home the most. That's why I'm all about Winnipeg. <laughs> I totally agree. When you live here, you feel the energy, and I would agree. I always joke about the weather because people always bring that up to us, but it is a phenomenal place to live. Right? Um, and it's the yeah. people. It's and the it's the people, for sure. So maybe if you wouldn't mind, just uh, give us a little bit of your background within soccer. You just mentioned a scholarly in the States. You know, maybe take us back a little bit here for where you played. Of course. Uh, I was a Flames kid growing up, so that's sort of more the south end of the city. Um, Well, Riverview, I should start at Riverview, and this is my, I just, I'm sitting, I just bought my grandparents' house, very Fort Rouge of me, um, to stay (laughs) in the neighborhood. Uh, And I was raised in the house that my dad was raised in. We're very, yeah, Fort Rougers don't really leave. Um, But I'm from the community of Riverview and uh, played that kind of club growing up. Then I went to the Flames. Uh, We had an awesome sort of like, you know, winning our provincials, going out to nationals. Kind of a fun fact, but a little bit also depressing. Um, I've attended and competed at 17 national soccer championships and never brought home a medal. 
<laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it stings. And my girlfriend, Annie, from my, my Bison soccer days, too, she's like makes fun of me. She's like, you're going to nationals again. She's like, you're still playing. And I'm like, yeah, because it's fun. But that's like junior women's. Now I'm playing masters because I'm I'm just turned 37. But um, I sports are for life. You're just you're totally. never not like when you're an athlete and 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 if you can go travel with your friends for a weekend and go play a sport you love still like why the hell not? So yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, flames growing up. Um, my one of my best friends, she actually just left, and I both got full ride soccer scholarships to North Dakota State. I had like been offered a few down super south, but being the true Winnipegger homebody that I am, I was like, well, Fargo's close and had an awesome experience. I, I loved playing down there. It was really it was so fun to be sort of in that NCAA action. I was scoring a ton. I was kind of coinciding with, I, I trained with the first it was called the NTC back then. There's a new acronym for it now, but the National Training Center, and it was for the Prairie Division. So I got recruited at like 14, I think, at Nationals, and they flew us out to Edmonton every three months to compete against everybody. So Steph Labbe, like our yeah. our incredible, she just retired from the Canadian women's team. I played, she's my age, so we played against each other all through youth. Um, and that was just such a cool training opportunity. We have that stuff now in Manitoba, but like in a more local level, like you can, there's lots more training opportunities at the time. I'm like, who the hell was paying for us to fly every three months? Like, (laughs) but I was like, obviously cool with it. And, and it was, it was incredible training opportunity. And then that's when I met my, my now bestie, Auntie Desiree Scott. So she is, she, uh, was younger than me by two years. So she was in the training program. I knew from the very start that she was going to do big things. Um, and it wasn't until though, we were all playing women's together. So I moved, I moved home from North Dakota, gave up a scholarship. I'm not going to tell you why, but I did, (laughs) (laughs) but everything happens for a reason and ended up having a great career at the, at our local U of M Bisons. Um, came back, we were playing women's Bisons I was flying coast to coast. We were in, we would be doing our West Coast tour, like UB, playing UBC and uh, UVic, like taking the ferry and like just the best weekends. I swear it was just so much fun. And then we were like whipping all the way cross country and like, <laughs> that's a five hour time difference to get ready to train for the, the national championships with our club team. So it was like, crazy busy was not studying at all just playing sports and taking yep. care of myself but that's when desi was recruited by the then italian women's coaches for the for the national team and they had said they had kind of pulled aside me kaylee miskiman our, our friend our other friend and desiree and um but then ultimately they got invited to the camp i had been my journey with the national team was <laughs> Short and sweet. <laughs> I got I got asked to I got asked to go out and train on. Oh, it was really cool because, like, again, it was like Sophie Schmidt, Christine Sinclair. Like, I was just a couple years younger than them. Um, so those, like, I'll never forget. You know, playing against them and having those opportunities. And but I knew very quickly that national team was not like you have to live yeah. your sport and. As I've said, I do a lot of other things. Like, I'm not just a one 
trick pony. I like to do lots of different things in my life. And so to me, it was like, I love soccer, but I didn't love soccer that much. And I remember coming home from that national team camp when I was 17. I was like, mom, not for me. Um, but so cool that I've been able to watch Desiree do, you know, do that. And I get, I often get asked by people like, are you, you know, are you not jealous, but like, are you um, sad that you never went down that road? Are you, you know, like, would you have wanted to do that? And I was like, no, like I knew very early that that wasn't the path for me. And I, and I didn't, that's not what I wanted to do, but we did end up, she gets recruited to go play. And that was the beginning of her now three time, you know, Olympic medal, uh, career championship. And it was just such a, such a brilliant, brilliant thing to watch her. I'm rambling, but no, my sure. soccer career just sort of wrapped up and played. We played Bison's all together for a couple of years. We were all playing at the same time, which was super cool. Um, and doesn't that seem like yesterday? Oh, it's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Especially when you think back and you're like when, cause I do want to pick your brain a little bit. You just yeah. said when you're playing with the Bisons and you went UBC and Vic, and then you would actually go coast to coast and play with the club team. Yeah. 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 Cause that doesn't happen mm-hmm. that like, so can you explain that kind of dynamic between being a university athlete, but also a club athlete at the same time? Yeah. We, I don't. I don't think it can happen any, I don't think it happens anymore. I think Vanessa, the current U of M coach, like I think that that was something that was like, was set a precedent after kind of our, our age. We were the only athletes of like, you know, like the competing, like, so it wasn't, it wasn't a very big pool. And that's, that is also the interesting thing. My demise of never, (laughs) never winning a medal we would get close and like we'd lose one nothing or like whatever. It's just, it's kind of a sad joke at this point. We did one win one bronze medal at the Western Canada games. So I'm and, like, and do you oh, even oh, know where it is? The Western Canada, oh, the medal. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> See, it's like, oh, I'm like, I like, we're literally, I guess you just moved also. I, so there's just boxes everywhere around me, but I'm just like <laughs> one clear, nice vision behind me. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, we, it was, it was a really wacky time. Like obviously as an athlete and like in the prime of like my playing days, I was like, this is the best, you know, like getting to fly around the country and play and be with your best friends. And like I said, I was a crappy student athlete. I was very much an athlete student was what I would call (laughs) myself. Um, But yeah, we, those were, those were, those days are long gone. I think for university athletes who kind of have to pick And even if you did, like, obviously you'd pick university, like there would be no comparable thing. And then, and then interestingly enough, like talking with, you know, the people you're competing against. And of course you see these, these same women now training in the masters, like, which is kind of cool to see these women that you've been playing against for 20 years. It's like in Ontario, it's like a one, like there's like 80 teams that enter the provincial championship at, and then for Manitoba, there's like four teams and of those four teams you know who's going to be in the final and of that final you have a good idea of who would likely win and it just happened to be you know the team that I I was like okay I'm and maybe that I don't know like I was always recruiting Des and I left one of our clubs we used to play for sweat shack and we were like we basically took everyone and started a new team started a new team but yeah, like we just like took everyone and went to another club because this other coach approached us. So it's just a very interesting and, and to be perfectly candid, 
our women's league here in Winnipeg is like, you know, it's it could use some improvement. Let's just say that. I'm not going to, like, dive too deep into the politics of it, but it's like... Um, it's it, every year. It's like a struggle, and I and it's probably like that for hockey too. Are you guys kind of a, like organizedly? Yeah. And I think that that's one of the interesting things is is talking to people like yourself that have been to national programs and seeing the different avenues um, for it because it's really cut and dry when it comes to hockey. Like it's you play your high school, you play on whatever team you are, you get recruited for university and then that's right. it. Right. And then if you get to national camps, you just go to the national camp and then you go back to your team. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's very standard. Um, whereas that was very interesting to hear like the club difference and everything like that. But even too, when we were talking before, um, you mentioned that there's actually a lot of women that, have to leave Canada to go and play in Europe in different places when they make that move. And, you know, it seems crazy to me that that is still such a big thing since our national team has been crushing it (laughs) for like, what's, what is a decade, right? Yeah. 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 Right. So what, what do you think that pull is for, for women to have to leave our, our country? Well, yeah, it's, I wish that we had more opportunities for us to play post whatever, post university, post club teams, whatever, whatever it is that you're wanting to play, um, whatever sport, but specifically the journey. And I, uh, and I'll just use Desiree as the example. She starts, you know, training and the Canadian women's team, just like under John Herdman was like, just starting to crush it and like the world started noticing right Mm -hmm. but all these women will come back from their club teams Desiree included and they don't have anywhere to play at home so Winnipeg is her home base and and speaking of Winnipeg advocates like she is you know a very huge lover of her of her city and our province and everything that's done for her she's a kid sport kid so that's another like kind of fun fact about Mm -hmm. about Desiree like she was she was sponsored by the kids sport program and does a lot and gives back to the community. We always do like a coaching clinic every year. So Desi will, you know, she goes and wins this bronze medal, that devastatingly crushing game against the Americans mm-hmm. in the semifinals. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. I was so emotional. <laughs> and she they come back with this medal. Of course they get the hero's welcome. Everybody's so thrilled and like all this stuff, but like still there's just no talk of like like where's the Canadian professional women's sports Mm -hmm. like where why is that like we are now we've created this olympic medal winning team but then where's the trickle down like they're all having to leave the country and go down and so i believe and i i don't know the dates because my my brain doesn't work after having a child and (laughs) she goes down to start her her professional career well at one point no she's in this she was in the uk for a year or two then somewhere in around like I want to say 2015 or 2016, she goes down to Kansas city. And this is a very like the national women's soccer league, um, in the, in the United States is pretty much a big, huge combination of Canadian, Mexican and American players, right? They're all together. So, and it it makes for an interesting when you're watching like them play in international friendly matches or like tournaments and stuff, like they're all teammates, Mm -hmm. but then they have to go play for their, you know, which is very common across the board, I suppose, in, in lots of different leagues. But um, particularly for the for them, it's like 
in Kansas City, we got we got a carload of, of bison gals, our, our girlfriends. We, like, went down, and we were, like, part of the blue crew, and we, like, went and cheered them on. It was such a fun weekend. And to see kind of Desiree in that, in those professional settings, like, I've sadly never got to make it to London to watch her in the Olympics or Tokyo. I was supposed to go to Tokyo, but, of course, the goddamn pandemic happened. Yeah. So that was a huge bummer because, like, we were set. We were going to go and bring my little baby and everything, but the pandemic hit, so we couldn't make it happen. But I was happy to—I was happy that it happened regardless because, obviously, we won a gold medal. And so it is—it's an interesting— situation that we that these athletes find themselves in especially for these professional women because it's like you know you come home and then Desiree's like during the pandemic man kudos to her she was training in her basement on a treadmill like doing the best that she can do like in her basement man I was so impressed with her and I mean but that's her job that's her professional yeah that's that's her career is to keep her body fit and in, in shape and it's like I just, I'm so in awe of her and I, and I really truly wish that we were talking before this about how like there's been murmurs of it wanting to start a Canadian professional league, but it just like hasn't happened yet. And obviously there's the talent, like the talent is here where yep. we can do this, but like for some reason it just hasn't. And, and a huge thing is money, right? Like the Americans totally. just have more money than us. But well, in so population base, like we can go, yeah, yes. you could kind of go down that whole rabbit hole, right? Like we're tenth, we're a tenth of the population of the United States totally. in this country alone, which, by just pure facts, is going to then reduce the the number of athletes. We're ten percent of the number of athletes as well. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about that too. And you know, there were all those rumblings, and then we saw people like Steph Labe, who I think is is Addie and I, yourself included, you're okay to have the hard conversations. It's this, it's, we need strong female voices. And she basically stood up and said, we can't even call this a professional Canadian league if this is what happens, because it isn't, it isn't a pro league. Right. And so I definitely think there's, there's obvious work that we can do. Um, it's nice to, to bring sports together, like-minded people together. Cause I think we can also challenge each other across sport to yeah. take, all of those best things that we see, those best practices within our own sports or lives or whatever, and then try to put them out into into the world in a different light or in a different sport. But we got a long way to go. And you think that one of the things that would be, you know, in the works is maybe not like a league in Canada, but definitely expansion. There's no yeah. reason why there yeah. couldn't be an expansion team yeah. in the in the midst because we just, you know, Angel City and San Diego, we talk a lot about because San Diego has been pretty successful coming out of the gates here in Angel City is, you know, you know, a new franchise. But you think um, it, it it follows money. Right. But then yeah. like soccer, soccer definitely is big in Vancouver and Toronto. Like even we see Valor here sell out games for Winnipeg. Like to me, the talk of expansion for the NWSL should be the next phase of it including Canadian. Can you yeah, imagine having a Winnipeg team right now in the Challenge Cup and them having to play outside in this garbage? Oh, my God. <laughs> Fair enjoy point. the monsoon blizzard that's happening. <laughs> this is beautiful. Sorry, I cut, I cut you off there, Carly. What's no, up? No, no, no. I'm like, I. you have to laugh about it because it's just like, otherwise you'll just curl up into a ball and cry. <laughs> totally. And like watching the, even watching the men's, because obviously the men have been having like this, this awesome run too. Yeah. But it's, like, it's just so interesting because, like, yeah, exactly. The Toronto FC games and, like, 
you know, the white caps and like, there was lots of amazing, my friend, uh, Amy Harris, an incredible soccer player and human being and coach, she just took over. So she was the coach of the, like the youth white caps program out on the coast. And it was great, but like cost of living, all that stuff, like it all yeah. matters. Right. Yep. And it's like, if you're not making enough to live, like what's the point in trying to like, you know, do this stuff. And so she came back here and she's coaching the, she heads the Bonnie, but she's the, like the director of, um, of Bonnie Vitale now. And I'm, I love seeing females in those kind of like higher ranking, you know, clubs and having a voice. And I feel like this is the time where we have to build on momentum and, and yeah. inspire these young girls. And man, even back just a, a little thing, I mentioned my friend, my girlfriend, Annie, she approached me when we were both playing bison soccer and she was like, I really want to do um, a female-only soccer camp, and we're going to call it Girl Scout Game. She was in Asper's business school. I'm like a sociology degree. <laughs> like, I'm like more about, you know, I, I, can, I know how to work a room. That's my, yeah. that's my thing. But teaching is, I'm a teacher too. So like she, I was like, yeah, you come up with a business plan. I'll do the advertisement, all this stuff. And we like ran this awesomely successful Girl Scout game, like based on the philosophy soccer camp of like, we want to we want to bring invite only little girls because we want them to feel empowered and we don't want them to feel like you know they're they have to hold back because there's boys in the camp and all that stuff which is so funny because like for me I like loved playing against guys like there is nothing I like better in this world than beating <laughs> men at sports <laughs> says 37 year old Carly too yeah. Well, like, do you see me? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I get to be fired up. Like that's like playing like a bunch of my girlfriends and I, we still like our buys and gals. We like still play sometimes in men's league and like winning championships. Like guys are just like, what? Like yeah. these gals still play. And like, I don't know. There's just something to me that really like, but that's not for everybody. And I think that the camp itself was to, to prove of building this foundation. Of, I, I run into these girls now. They're all in university, which is just like mind blowing. Totally. But they're like, we always will remember your camp. And like, you guys were so much fun. And I know that like, I used to play. I, so I was a big hockey player too. That was, those were like my two sports at the growing up. And it was like, and I never would choose. Both my coaches would be like, you should probably make a choice. I'm like, no, thanks. I, I, like, love, yeah. I love both. <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I like, I made the, the, I went to Canada winter games to play hockey, even though like sometimes I laugh about it. Cause I'm like. Well, was I on the team <laughs> just because I was fun and like I could skate or, but anyways, we like, mm. for me, it's like that camaraderie and there's so much a part of sports for me. And I cannot praise enough. Like, even if you're not the best, like you can't all be the best people on the best athletes on the team. It's about having a bunch of different people. It's about having a bunch of different backgrounds and, and you know, that, and that's the beauty of, of, coming back to our conversation about soccer, like that's the beauty about soccer. Like I've coached in the inner city here in Winnipeg, every single school I've ever taught at or done practicums at, I, you know, I run the soccer teams and run the leagues and all that stuff because it's like the most inclusive game and it's so easy and accessible. And it's like one of those things where I just feel super passionate about because it's like everyone can do it. Right. Like, yeah. And even if you don't like it, even if your kid is picking the dandelions, who cares? The kid is there and they're, they're interacting and they're socializing and they're being a part of a team, which is like clearly the biggest life skill that you can learn is oh, being totally. a part of a group, right? And right? Like, 
you literally just yeah you literally just took the next question out of my mouth because it's (laughs) like it's it's interesting when you see athletes that perform at a really high level and then you come back and you coach and all of it is about communication talking, being a good teammate, working together. And everybody has this perception of as you grow and as you get bigger and better, yeah, it's competitive, but that's in you. Mm -hmm. You as a person are inclusive to the entire group. So do you feel like that's when you look at yourself as a coach now, when you played university level and were able to, you know, go all the way across the country and play at such a high level, do you feel like that's like the biggest message that you give back to your athletes now when you're coaching? Yeah, I sports for me is like what you want out of it, right? So if if you're and my my whole thing was like I knew that I was really like I knew that I was a good athlete, but I knew that I had all these other skills that like what I've got out of being a part of that, like what I got out of the training, like I know that even now, like taking it to a workout class, like my inner athlete comes out and I like want to push myself as hard as I can. Some days I don't, and that's fine too. But I mean, just to say that, like, I think that sports can be whatever it is you want it to be at that time. You know, sometimes when you don't feel like going to training, you don't feel like going to do something and like you show up and that's kind of like, sometimes for me at coaching, like teaching all day and then going to coaching, it's like, you know, getting there. And then once I'm in it and I'm like, even like currently just coach, I'm coaching the SJR varsity boys team. And like, it's very, it's very interesting too. And would take another whole podcast to unpack coaching girls versus coaching boys. Oh yeah. Right. So it's like, but I like them both for very different reasons. And there's things that are challenging about both of those avenues of coaching. And one thing for the guys, I've, I noticed the most is that like they just want to they just want to like be told what to do and like they can take it and they're like you know and whereas female athletes a lot of us and myself included can be a little you have to like be a little bit more choosy about how you coach and like you have to be like you know you have to like approach it with a little bit of a different approach and it's not Mm -hmm. it's not more sensitive or anything like that it's just very different approaches in the way that I coach females than I do uh, male athletes and I just think that it's like yeah getting back to that that whole like inclusiveness and like joining the team and I had to make cuts for this, this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm the thankfully, worst thankfully I'm coaching with two younger uh alumni and like they were able to make those decisions a little bit easier than I was because I'm like my mothering side comes out I'm like well <laughs> you know, and then they're like, well, no, like you got to do this and this and this. And I was like, great. And that's another thing about collaboration, right? You're learning from other people in the way they do it. And, you know, I just, I, it's such an, again, sports is just like such a lifelong thing. Right. And whether you're even involved with it from whether you're not the best athlete and you know, you're not, but like you are contributing on some level to the team with whatever you're bringing to the table. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know for me, for me, it's just this like beautiful sort of, you know, thing that I was able to create from my childhood. I was like, Oh, I'm like pretty good at this sport. And that like took me to all these opportunities. And, you know, even when I was like, Oh, I know I'm again, I'm sort of rambling, but like the other places that I've lived in the world, like, you know, I played a university level in the States 
I was a nanny in Madrid for a while. And like I did a pickup game in Retiro Park in Madrid every single week with this Brazilian girl that I met that also likes soccer. And, you know, I met people from all over the world on those soccer games, like every match. And then when I was in China teaching, I like landed the day that I landed. I was only a six week practicum. I was on the bus the next day with the varsity girls soccer team coaching them because my friend, I knew the guy that was the athletic director at that school. It's a Manitoba school, like, tied in. Right. So it's yeah. not just some random. Like, like I knew the guy that was the athletic director. He asked me, he's like, Colbert, I want, really want you to coach. And I was like, sure. I, like, land the next day. I'm on a bus with a bunch of girls going and traveling in China and coaching. And I was like, I just stopped for a second. And I was like, wow, this is, like, you know, incredible. They were not good at soccer. But... <laughs> <laughs> It's the experience, right? But it's the experience. It's the experience. Yeah. And like, so it's brought me all these incredible opportunities. And then I think, and coaching isn't for everybody at all, but it, it brings me a particular joy. And right from the youngest, you know, I ran really young aged kids camps, like three and four year olds for soccer, but you can do fun stuff. Like just like hockey too. Like you can yep. do all types of different stuff with all ages and it's a forever, it's a forever thing. And it is, it, it's a, it's really, yeah, it's a privilege. It is a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. And how many times Cowie, like, I feel like that's maybe been the most heart to heart Cowie and I have had is like hot uh, sports is a vehicle for, yeah. for learning and creating confidence com- and resiliency and troubleshooting and teamwork, like all of these like core human values the vehicle was sports and yeah. that's it. Isn't yeah. that so isn't that so true hey like well, i love look that at, you know and you feel like as soon as you talk to somebody that's you know played anywhere as soon as you say like oh yeah i played sports it's instant like connection. instant yeah instant and that's that's the cool part for me to think about somebody you know like yourself coming back into the sport because I think that needs to be a bigger conversation for a lot of athletes that go through it and they hear you know play sports until you can and then get out there and get a real job like the amount of opportunities that are involved with sports are through the roof regardless if it's coaching or not it could be the mental prep piece of it has never been more important when you come to sports like you know I've coach physio I've coached you know like sports is so all-encompassing mm-hmm. yeah I agree right yeah. Yeah. um so you know I, I definitely wanted to pick your brain on the coaching piece because even go, going back to what you're saying about the difference between boys and girls the way that I kind of have always referenced it is boys um, compete to be respected girls need respect to compete so it's the way Whoa. that you yeah, it's the way that you approach the the group, which we're Cowie and I are coaches. Trend, That's what we're doing right now, that. right? Yeah. But it's more about the values that we. Well, and it's a societal shift, right? And we've had so many hours of conversations, Addie and I, of like, how do we we need we need the Carly Colpits of the world that make sure you use all the inclusive words and nothing, mm-hmm. you know, all just like little conscious choices mm-hmm. that we can make to make the world a better place and in that like I think the same way that you say it is that unfortunately a lot of girls it's that you know ask forgiveness not permission Mm -hmm. and they ask for permission every time yeah 
Not me. <laughs> me either. Me either. But how how do we get the how, how do, do we, we get that out of us? And and part okay. of that is just learned, right? Yeah. Well, and I should be like perfectly frank, and like a lot of things that I teach, like at the core of self, self going very like in a different direction, away but, like, from soccer. <laughs> when you love your when you love yourself, like mm-hmm. that is the key piece, and then you feel like you're. Like, as soon as you learn to love yourself, no matter who you are, no matter what you bring to the table, it's like, it is so much easier to understand the world around you. And you're, and you're, wor- you're worried less about what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we, we aren't, we aren't taught these core values at a young age. I, and I don't know, I mean, I have, I have awesome parents, like I'm definitely, and, but I learned so much self-confidence building through sport and through good coaches. And I didn't always have good coaches, but you'll never not remember the coaches that impacted you. You'll never, ever forget the best ones that you had, the things that they taught you, you know, and one coach might've been really good at coaching skills, but one coach might've impacted you in a way that impacted your life in a way that you sometimes don't even unpack till you're an adult, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, that was really like, you know, I'm so glad that this coach brought this to me. And I had two really awesome hockey coaches growing up uh, who I'm like still in touch with. Like Jill Maffey is still at Dakota. So I work there sometimes. Who doesn't know Jill? I know. Right. Jill's like a pretty big legend. And then and Carla McMillan, who's a total, you know, friend of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like knowing who those women were and like knowing these strong coaches as a young athlete to me was everything. And I mostly had male coaches in both hockey and soccer. So Mm -hmm. anytime a female came along, it was this, like, it was this real novel thing. Like it was this real novel thing. And I think that now I hope anybody listening, if you're, you know, female, non-binary, anybody be, go and do it. Like go get involved in the community, Go take, you know, you never know whose life that you could have a really strong impact on. And sport also creates this, like, escape, right? Like, sometimes as a teacher, I'm very highly aware of of, um, situations for kids at home that aren't necessarily fantastic. And that school is their safe place. Well, you know, soccer or hockey or ringette or badminton or whatever sport you choose, like, that can also be a safe place for these kids. Right. And I don't know. I just think about that. I think, I think often about that. And I, I encourage people to go and like go coach in their community. Even if you, you know, even if you're, you don't know anything about the sport, just do it. Just yeah. Coach, yeah. ask a friend to coach with you and like, you know, go just jump off the diving board with them and figure it out. To be honest, I think that that is the perfect message to you know, wrap this whole Mm -hmm. conversation up on is the fact of sport is incredibly inclusive. It makes such a positive impact in our community and being a part of that is super special. Well, Carly, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being open and your stories and talking about it. We've really appreciated you having on the show and, and for maybe for a lot of people in Winnipeg to hear the other side, you know, you're in a bunch of different avenues in the city. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on with us today and we will definitely, uh, be chatting with you again you betcha Amazing. thanks for thanks for coming on buddy let yeah. everyone know where they can find you before we let you go mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, good, good time to plug myself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, K dot Chetta, C H E D D A on Instagram. That's kind of the only place that I'm, I'm active and, cool. uh, that's my DJ name, DJ K Chetta. So I'm, I'm doing lots of stuff and I, and I big shout out to you too, for, for just, you know, having a platform for women's sports and conversations like this. It's, it's really cool and really important. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. Thanks okay, so much, we'll Charlie. Take care. She is awesome. She is awesome. She is awesome. She's one of those people that we could have probably recorded for an hour or two quite easily. Um, but exciting because I, I look forward to, as we continue on this journey, you and I, and continue to focus locally of getting to hang out with Carly because you can't find, like we said, you can't find someone who advocates for this city more than her. No, you can't. And she's not only is she integrated within it, but in the, in the sports world, like she's a teacher, she -hmm. does all, she sings, she's in rest, she loves going to new restaurants. She supports the city top to bottom. Yeah, exactly. And and like you said, she is, and she's willing to be involved. She, you know, she grew up here. She, played sports here um she's willing to invest her time in ways that are impactful for you know big growth big and she'll have we talked about she'll have the hard conversations um just really a solid solid human who winnipeg you're lucky to have yep agreed and one of the things that i did like and i'm glad we hit on it pretty hard at the end of that interview was just how sports is an incredible vehicle that I think sometimes we take for granted, but then we realize like it connects us in a way that is almost, you can't even describe it. Agreed. And for us, like, I know that you have met her before, but this was my first interaction with Carly and I feel like I've known her forever. And you're, you're right. Like she was, over virtual, but it's like she was here and we could have just kept going and going and going. (laughs) Right. And that's not only sports, but that's also life life. Right. And it's, uh, it was pretty cool to hear that from a completely different sport, different Avenue. So for me, that was a huge takeaway. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely, I'm excited to continue to grow that relationship with Carly and, and see where, where we can go because I think there's some work that we can do here in the city, quite honestly. Agreed. All agreed. Yeah. we appreciate her time a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. So that was awesome having her on. And before we kind of wrap up the show here, um, we just would like to say, if you have a second, if you could please like, follow, subscribe to Beauty Sports, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah, I'm not joking when we say we check the numbers. We check it. Um, so, yeah, to the 30% of listeners that are from this city, thank you so much, Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, the rest of the top 10 list is largely sprinkled around Manitoba, Brandon, Surus. Uh, we've got everywhere from Vancouver, Oakville, uh, Brampton, Toronto, Toronto Calgary. Calgary, Regina. So we're we're spread across this country. It's super fun to see it grow. Yeah. And so every chance that you have to engage with us, we appreciate. That's how we continue to grow this thing. Um, and leaving a rate and review on the podcast is very, very impactful. So if you have a few minutes, we appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. And one thing too, and especially with the conversation that we had with Carly today, um, you know, share the show, 
if there's somebody that you know that's getting into the sports world or a parent or whatever, it would be great if you could share the show because it shows a different perspective from people that have lived it. Um, Carly lived it and knows a lot of incredible people that have. And the more we share the show, the more we get the information out that we're trying to get out for women's athletics, right? Absolutely. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, Cowie. Final words. Final words, buddy. Every week, I say it every week, this is one of my favorite times. I wasn't having the best day today, I don't think, but you (laughs) made it better, so I appreciate you for that. Like we have said, thank you to everyone who fills their ears with Addie and I every week. We appreciate you all so much. We hope you, wherever you are, are doing well. Thank you for coming back, and we'll see you next one. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you all next week.